Welcome to Sunday Morning Live Fellowship. You are listening to our live Sunday morning service. Now turn with me, please, to St. John chapter 1, verses 11 through 13. While you're finding our scripture passage, let me ask you this. What does it mean to be saved? Is getting saved like receiving a gift you need but really don't want? Mm. I'll take this because I need it, but I really don't want it. Or is getting saved like receiving help from someone You're so glad to receive the help and you need the help, but you really can't stand the person that's helping you. Mm. Is getting saved like, what's it like when you receive Jesus? Are, Are you saying, I need to be saved. I need my sins forgiven. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want to have health wealth, and prosperity. Those are the things I want. And if someone who thinks like this were even perfectly honest, you really want these things. But you can take or leave Jesus. Is that what it means to receive Jesus? If receiving Jesus is like receiving a package from the mailman. In other words, you get your mail, but you don't even know the postal worker and don't bother to get to know the postal worker as long as I get my mail. All you want is your package and could care less who brought the package. Let me ask you another question. What if you could go to heaven someday And in heaven, you have perfect health, perfect, a perfect mind. Finally, mental presence is good. No depression anymore. All the friends you could ever want and no one stabbing you in the back. And every kind of leisure that you could imagine. But just one thing. Jesus is is not there. Would that be okay with you? Mm. And you know what else is scary? A lot of people think, that's what I thought heaven was. That's not what heaven is. Jesus is heaven. If you are trying to receive Jesus as a way to get what you want, but don't want him, You are not receiving Jesus. You are using Jesus. You don't even have to say amen this morning. I think we all, I'm in it too. I'm in it too. We all are just going to say, ouch. Now let's get into the word of God. First John chapter one, verses 11 through 13. As we read his word, he came to that which was his own. But his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, 
nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. Let us pray. Oh, Father, we thank you for the approach. Oh, God, that we can literally come into your presence. Thank you that you are in us and we are in you. We thank you, oh God, for that faith awareness that we are literally in your presence. And oh God, all we want is you. Nothing else matters. Father, we lift up every prayer request that was named. We pray that you would go yonder, that you would touch, deliver, and heal. We thank you for rolling back the infections. We thank you for the miracle of restoration. God, we pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Father, we pray for your servant. God, let it be all of you and none of me. We pray for that one that is traveling right now, for those two members in that family, God, that's traveling and acting as host at the same time. Oh, God, keep them safe. Oh, God, bring them traveling mercies. And for those that that are departing today, heading back home, We again pray for traveling mercies. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would breathe on these words that have been prepared. God, that we sit down and you stand up. That you send a fresh anointing in the name of Jesus. God, we'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 12a, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. I would like to use for a subject this morning, he's not a ticket, he's a treasure. He's not a ticket He's a treasure. What do you mean when you say, I've gotten saved or I've received Jesus Christ as my personal savior? In the Bible, there are lots of ways to believe and lots of ways to receive that are not saving. We need to know the difference between saving believing, and unsaving receiving. For example, in John 6 and 15, they were so eager to receive Jesus and make him king, but Jesus walked away because they only wanted to receive him as an earthly king and not an eternal king. My, my, my. In John chapter 7, Jesus' brothers believed that he was a miracle worker and said, Come on, go up to Jerusalem and do your works. In John chapter 2, many believed on Jesus, but he did not entrust himself to them because the Bible says he knew what was in their heart. In Acts chapter 8, 
There was a man by the name of Simon that was watching the Holy Spirit fall. And Simon, the sorcerer, sorcerer said, oh, I want the Holy Spirit. You men are powerful. I want the Holy Spirit so I can be powerful too. I will even pay you for this. Here's what Peter said to him. You and your money can go to H-E double toothpicks. For real, that's what he said. Peter told this man where to go. That is not a receiving of the Holy Spirit that has anything to do with saving faith. I know this is not simple, beloved, and I'm in it too. We, we say so many things in church today and really don't know the meaning of what we're saying. We hear things at church and so often it goes in one ear and out the other. Beloved, when we receive Christ, our very soul and spirit press into the actual experience of receiving until we literally, our whole being discerns what we have actually received. Let me say that again in another way. In other words, when you receive Christ, he not only becomes a rescuer, but he becomes our Lord and master. He not only becomes rescuer, Lord and master, he becomes our treasure. He becomes very valuable, the most supreme treasure, all satisfying treasure in our life. Do you think you can have Jesus or do you think you can receive Jesus in a justifying, saving way because he's rescuing you, rescuing you from what you don't want to experience and he's telling you what you ought to do and you're doing your dead level best to do it, but he's not your treasure. If Jesus is not your exceeding joy, then you don't have saving faith. Here's what saving faith looks like. Matthew 13 and 44 describes the encounter with the king. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Or in Matthew 10 and 37, Jesus says, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever, whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. That's not my duty. That's not my obedience. Beloved, that is my deepest affection on earth, which becomes the measure by which we are 
his. In other words, if son, daughter, mother, father, boyfriend, girlfriend, or anything else in all creation is more precious to us than Jesus, then we don't have saving faith. I know I'm right. Philippians 3 and 8 says, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. In other words, receiving Christ in a saving way means preferring Christ over all persons and all things. It means desiring him, not just what he can do for me, but desiring him. It means being satisfied with all that God is in Jesus Christ. Beloved, we don't receive Jesus in a saving way when we receive him as a ticket to get out of hell and a ticket to go to heaven. He's not a ticket. He's a treasure. He's not a ticket to heaven. He is heaven. He's what makes heaven, heaven. Beloved, please keep in mind that we are talking about saving faith. That's saving faith. Saving believing. The issue is how to have eternal life and not remain under the wrath of God. And the answer is, St. John 3 and 36, believe in Jesus Christ, God's Son. So what is the nature of such saving faith? What does our soul and spirit do when we believe? Let's begin with our text where John shows us that Believing in the name of Jesus is virtually interchanging with receiving Jesus Christ. And we read it again. And it reads, those that came, he came into his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God. So John chooses his words to make plain that receiving Jesus is what believing does. John interprets for us the action, the action of the soul is believing. Namely, the soul is believing in Jesus when the soul has the ability to receive Jesus. And we shouldn't limit receiving Jesus to the first act of conversion. Everyone on the line got saved a long time ago. You believed and you received. But believing that saves us is an act of the soul that the soul does forever. Now I want to ask a double question. When you receive Jesus, as what 
You're receiving him as what? And while I'm receiving him, what is my soul doing? Beloved, when we receive Jesus, woo, our soul literally is drinking the living water that Jesus is. We are drinking and being satisfied. Also, when we receive Jesus, our soul is eating the bread from heaven that Jesus is. Our soul is satisfied. So believing in Jesus in a saving way is like eating the best food and drinking the most satisfying water when you are desperately hungry and thirsty. St. John 6 and 35 shows that Jesus is eternally satisfying bread and water. And these are the two staples of life. In this case, eternal life food and drink that we must eat and drink to live forever. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. The parallel, listen, the parallel between coming so I will not be hungry and believing so that I will not be thirsty tells us that Jesus saw this believing as a coming to drink and receiving as coming to eat. This is how faith acts. There is no spatial or physical or geographical movement at all in this kind of coming. That's not what this kind of coming means, but there is movement. So what is moving? My heart and my soul and my will and my affections. Um, these are the capacities of the soul to drink and eat and taste and savor and be satisfied. This coming to water is the movement of thirst. And this coming to bread is the movement of hunger. It is our soul that moves, not our body. They are the heart and actions of desiring, longing, drinking, feeding, embracing, treasuring, tasting, feasting on Jesus Christ. Now notice the implication of the two phrases in St. John 6 and 35. Shall not hunger, shall never thirst. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. The words not and 
never imply that coming to Jesus for soul food. This is the real soul food and soul drink issues from eternal life. In other words, this is not temporary food. Beloved, I ate breakfast this morning. I didn't want to eat, but I was hungry. And by dinner time, I'll be hungry again. The drink and bread that Jesus gives is not temporary satisfaction. But eternal life, if your soul finds its thirst and hunger being satisfied in Jesus and all that God is for you in him, the Bible says you will never thirst again. You will never be hungry again. You will never die. 6 and 58. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And what do we we receive him as? Remember the double question. What are we receiving him as? We are receiving him as living water and bread from heaven. This Jesus water and this Jesus bread are the two staples of eternal life, food and drink. If we do not eat this bread and we do not drink this water, we perish. That is what it means to receive him and to believe. Beloved, when your soul believes, you will never put down this cup of living water. As though you've had enough. Yeah, I ate breakfast this morning and I got full and I couldn't eat no more. (laughs) But when you drink this water, you will never have enough. We, you will never lay aside the loaf of heaven's bread as though you've had enough. As though you are full. Believing doesn't do that. Believing is constantly receiving and constantly coming to Christ. Christ is ever giving himself as drink and food for our souls. We are ever taking of the cup of salvation and the bread of life. Life in Christ is like a branch in a vine. Not like a full cup sitting on a table beside a full pitcher that will one day be empty. John 15 and 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that will bear much fruit. Believing is what a branch does in the vine. It drinks, it eats, it never stops. It abides forever. Jesus said to the woman at the well in St. John 4, Everyone who drinks from this water in this well will be thirsty again. 
But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up into eternal life. Then add to that. This is one of my favorites. Then add to that what Jesus said in St. John 7. If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, here it is, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. In other words, when we turn from the temporary broken cisterns of this world and we drink Christ, our hearts not only become deep reservoirs of satisfaction in Christ, but our hearts become an overflowing river of living water. The sweetest experiences of being filled with the fullness of Christ are those moments when the rivers of affection carry all obstacles before them in love to our brothers and sisters. If you are saved, there should be something springing forth from you that brings life to all of those around you. There should be fruit of the spirit that the world is picking from you. If you are saved, you have eternal life perpetually springing forth from you. And the more deeply that you drink from the fullness of Christ, the more deeply you have the ability to love others around you. I commend you, Christ, as soul-satisfying living water and soul-satisfying bread of heaven for the sake of eternal life. And in the hope that from your Christ-filled, satisfied heart will flow rivers of living water that will water the very body of Jesus Christ, the church of the living God, the community in which you reside, the people that you come in contact with if you are saved there is eternal life springing forth from you but if you have not received jesus christ as your personal lord and savior if you do not believe in his name pray this simple prayer with me as you repent of your sins and acknowledge that Jesus is not just Lord, not just master, but treasure. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I have done many things that don't please you. I have lived my life for myself only. I am sorry and I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me. To save me, you did what I could not do for myself. Hallelujah. 
I come to you now and ask you to take control of my life. I surrender. I give my life to you from this day forward. Help me to live every day for you in a way that pleases you. If you prayed that simple prayer with me, I invite you to contact me at 231-349-1046 so I can discuss with you the first steps of salvation. God bless you.